Hello and welcome to Michigan and Other Mayhem, the show about Michigan, murder, mysteries, histories, and other mayhem from around the world. Your hosts are Allie and Jen. Okay, Jen, let's do this thing. Good morning, Allie. That took a while. Did it? Yeah, I was like, she just doesn't want me. (laughs) (laughs) I just something like, hold on, wait, I'm going to send you something. And then I don't send it. (laughs) Well, no, you had sent it to me and I hit the button. I'm like, I want to join. I want to talk about murder. And it, it just wasn't connecting. And then finally it did. Yeah, good. Okay. You know, it likes to play games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. What's going on? Nothing much. I woke up today actually a little bit late for me and I was like, yeah, you think I got sleep? No. Hot flashes. I'm getting old. I am waking up sweaty. This whole fucking thing sucks. Uh, Ah, damn. It's just getting old. It's not for the week. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear those hot flashes are pretty bad. Yeah, they're no joke. <laughs> and they will wake you up in the middle of the night and your shirt's just soaked and you're like, what the fuck? You're having your own personal summer is what's going on. I um, am planning my dog's murder. Okay. I just, I don't even know what's up with him. But every Saturday I might as, I got to start going to bed way earlier because he wakes me up at three o'clock in the morning and stuff. Oh, shit. And then this time I couldn't fall asleep. I couldn't fall back asleep. I think I did at like four. Yeah, it's just a hot mess. And I like to get up at five. Yeah. You know, and I it's fall asleep till like midnight and I wake up at four, like sweating like a pig, like, oh my God. I fucking hate this. <laughs> and it was just happening at night, but now it's like starting to happen during the day. And I was just like, this. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you about something. Okay. That it was a you one of the YouTube channels I watch. I'll have to find the link, but it's they're in Britain, and they had a really hot summer. Yeah, and they don't have air conditioners like we do. Yeah, and he was trying. The guy was trying to find hacks to beat the heat, and all these cells. At least there. I'm sure you can get them online. These pads that they're always cool. Okay. Okay. When you lay when you lay on them. Okay. And they keep you just cool enough. It is actually a dog bed. Like a dog. It's it's a mat for your dog to keep your dog cooled down. On a hot day. Yeah. But they said it's the hack. No shit. Staying cool when you're sleeping. Yeah. So that's what you need. I think I saw something like that on the video. Well, here's the deal. The hot flash comes, right? You sweat through your shirt. Your shirt is soaking wet and you start to freeze now because the hot flash is over and you are now in sopping wet clothing. So you are just shaking like a bitch. And then you go back to sleep and then you wake up later covered in sweat again freezing <laughs> it it is that cool oh, yeah so that that's that can help you yeah as i say um th- this is future you calling down to pass me <laughs> 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 to 
Jen, it's going to be a bitch. <laughs> you know, the only good thing is I have a bed jet you and do. it cools and heats yeah. and it's got a controller so I can just lean over and go, I need cool. Oh, That's I need a, heat. <laughs> that is a great, I should probably get a bed jet now. <laughs> so I, yeah, so I don't have any issue. I won't have any issue with that. I can warm myself quickly because it's like a snap of a finger and it's blowing hot air okay. or it's blowing cold air. That's amazing. Yeah. I might need one of those because I'm, I'm tired. The only, <laughs> yeah. The only change I'll have to make is that I have to hold the controller. So when I wake up, I can be like, shit. It'll be cool important down. enough that you will learn how to hold the controller and sleep at the same time. <laughs> right. So what are you going to that- talk about today? Oh, I'm going to talk about this. Another update: Albert Weathers and D'Angelo Martin. Okay, I am also going to do one that I did previous, and then I'm going to add to it, and then tell you what the conclusion is because it is now over. It's um a hatchet death that I had done after we'd gone to the battle axe. Oh, yep. I like that. That was fun. Yeah, that was. You want to go first? Oh, yeah, I can go first. So I'm going to do the hatchet death of Amar Alisari. And I, so I first wrote the article about two months after the murder of Amar. And it's episode 30. It came out in April 2019. You don't have to go back and listen. What I'm going to do is repeat what I said before and then provide you additional stuff in the conclusion. And the one thing is, like, when we, when I go back to look at things, I'm always worried that I've missed something or that, you know, I was wrong. And I'm happy to say it's not, I've not been wrong so far. There you go. Phew. Okay. So February 24th, 2019, this is the original part that I did. Amar Al-Yasari Al-Yasari, was found dead in his home in mid-Michigan. He was 35 years old and his wife, Badur Al-Yasari, who was 28 years old, had dialed 911. When police arrived at the Yasari home, Aliasari home. Badur was screaming, help me, help me to the police. She told them that her husband was inside and needed their help. Badur told the police that she wasn't sure if her husband was breathing. She thought he might have had a heart attack because she had, you know, basically found him laying on the floor. When the police officers entered the home, they found Amar lying in a pool of blood. And to the officers, it's obvious he's deceased from wounds. This is no heart attack. So when medical examiners search the body, they find 24 individual wounds caused by an axe on his head, face, and neck. And the injuries were so harsh that the roof of his mouth was broken off from like the rest of his skull. And his skull was in pieces, just kept together by his soft tissues. And Madure told the Ingram County Sheriff's Office that she was having an affair in her first interview, but she would not tell who her lover was. Badur and her lover had been seeing each other since the summer of 2018, and they'd broken up once in November before restarting their relationship. And Badur had told her lover that she was going to get a divorce. When Badur wouldn't name her lover, her phone was confiscated, and the detectives discovered called from 27-year-old. Now, his name is Jacob, and it's either Fisher or Fiker, but... um, I feel like we only have to get the victims' names right. When you're the murderer, I don't give a fuck. I don't have to respect your name. So I'm just going to call him Jacob Fisher Fiker because okay. uh, I don't give a fuck about him. <laughs> so we're clear. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the police officer receives multiple calls from other resources who do confirm the affair between Badur and Jacob. So detectives found the test 
I found a text message from Bedour to Jacob that read, I love you, Jacob Fisher Fiker. So I feel like that's pretty, that's pretty solid. Jacob had also sent text to Bedour saying things like, quote, this motherfucker needs to die, end quote. I feel like that's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On February 6th, two days after the murder was committed, Jacob Fisher Fiker went to eat at Rocky's Roadhouse in Holt, Michigan with his roommate, Levi Thompson. Witnesses in the restaurant overheard Jacob telling Levi that he had committed a homicide and that he was the devil. Le- Levi later testified that he had thought Bedour was single as Jacob had purchased a wedding ring and they wrote notes to each other about being together forever. And the police were able to use Jacob's bus card as evidence. He rode the number eight bus from his home to the Aliasari home and on the day of the murder. So they're able to show that he used his transit card. He also no called no showed at work during the time of the attack. So he has no alibi. In the search of Jacob's apartment, police found packaging for an axe whose size and shape matched Amar's wounds. There was also surveillance tape of Jacob purchasing the axe at Meyer, an axe at Meyer, several days before the attack on Amar. Levi also later admitted that he overheard Badur and Jacob talking about killing Amar. So Jacob Fisher Fiker has been charged with murder and conspiracy to commit murder less than a week after Amar's murder. A few days later, Badur Aliasari was charged with murder and conspiracy to commit murder. So Badur waived, waived her right to a preliminary hearing, but Jacob's going forward. So that was the original one, right? Mm-hmm. Here's my update. It's from the Lansing. I got from the Lansing State Journal, some New York Post.com, and some court transcripts that I was reading. So both Badur and Jacob were on trial for murder and conspiracy to commit murder. Badur admitted to turning off the alarm system to the house and leaving the entrance unlocked the day of the murder. She claims that she thought Jacob was just going to scare Amar, like not kill him. I thought he was just going to scare him. And when he was on trial, Jacob admitted to the crime. He just straight admits it. He claims that he originally only bought the XO to intimidate Amar. And Badur had been lying to Jacob about her husband abusing her. And Jacob said that he was trying to stop the abuse, but there was no abuse. But he believes there is because that's what she's saying, right? So Jacob said in order to stop Amar from abusing Bedur, he had to do more than talk to him. So she also knew that it wasn't just intimidation. They both say, oh, it was just for intimidation. But he's like, no, I had to do more than talk to him. So they're like, yeah, we kind of canceled that first part out. The day of the murder, Bedur chose to enter the house through the front door leaving the children in the car. And that was weird because she normally enters through the garage with her children. You know, you get out of the car, you grab your kids, you go into the garage, right? The police believe that Bedour knew that there was going to be a gruesome scene in the house, so she entered differently and left the children behind. That's the reason why she did the different entrance. Once she entered the house from the front door, the moment she saw Amar lying on the ground, she you know, could see his feet from the way she walked up. She just turned around and ran back out. And that's why when police arrived on scene, she said she didn't know what happened to him just that he was lying on the ground and he might've had a medical emergency. Badur also had someone come and pick up her children before she called emergency services. So she sees him lying on the ground. She calls someone, I think it's either like a neighbor. I think it might be a neighbor or a friend. They come and pick up the kids and then she dials 911 and says, oh, I think my husband might've had a heart attack. So the police on the scene found her statements. They were like contradictory sometimes. Sometimes she made odd statements. So while interviewing her, Badur claimed that she had a normal day while running errands with the children after work. She lost contact with Amar, who had been texting her. She last spoke to him on the phone about 6.46 p.m. And when she tried to call him, just as she pulled in 
on their street at 7.49 p.m., he wasn't answering anymore. And during the hearing, it was found out there was no credible claims of abuse against Amar. It was shown that Amar had offered to divorce Badur and that she begged him not to leave her. Amar was well-liked by those around him, and he had a good reputation at work. And at trial, Badur's lawyers appealed to suppress different pieces of evidence that the prosecution were using against her. The biggest one was the search and seizure of Badur's phone. So during interviews the day of the murder, officers wanted to get information off of Badur's phone to help with the investigation. And that's where they found the information about, you know, Jacob Fisher Fiker and their affair. And the judge ultimately ruled that the information could be used because they had interviewed her for hours on end at the scene and at the station, and she wasn't even in custody. And so they're saying, oh, you know, she's not, she wasn't in custody. You can't use it against her, you know, and you were kind of like holding her against the will, but they proved that at the police station, Bedour did admit to having an affair, but she said it was over. At one point she says, well, maybe someone I met online might've done this saying that one person she met online assaulted her and then stalked her through social media sending threats and they decided that that no evidence of that crime could be found. So other objections from uh, Badur's legal team is the fact that she had sat there for all those hours without having her rights read and that she wasn't in custody. And they believe that the information taken during that time was inadmissible during the, um, in court. But the judge did rule that Badur was free to leave if she wanted to. Nobody forced her to answer questions. Um, she retained possession of her phone the entire time before she was brought into custody, before they said, all right, look, we're going to charge you and we want your phone. And the statements that she used during that time were used against her in court. So re she, received, she received a sentence of mandatory life in jail without the possibility of parole. She was found guilty of first degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder. Jacob Fisher Fiker was found guilty of open murder and conspiracy to commit open murder. He too has been given a life sentence without the possibility of parole. During his trial, Jacob tried to take sole responsibility for the murder, but the juries did not accept this. Amar and Badur's children are being raised by relatives. Wow. Isn't that sad? She literally killed him for no reason because he was like, look, I'll divorce you. Like, it's not that, you know. You can go. And she was like, no, no, I don't want to get divorced. And right. I'd said, rather just stay in prison for the rest of my life. Yeah, I was like, that's what you get, bitch. Sometimes <laughs> I do want to ask people, like, what the fuck were you thinking? Like, did you not, you honestly thought you wouldn't get caught for real? Right. Like, they, I mean, I feel like if you're thinking about murdering somebody, you're investigating murders. And you kind of realize that, it, you know. They always get caught. For real. One of the things I like is that, you know, with the gen genetic um, testing nowadays with the DNA, that people are getting caught, you know, 20, 30 years later, like, haha, bitch, thought you got away, didn't you? Ah. Right. Just took a minute, <laughs> you know? So I do, yeah. People are getting caught. Although the murder rate is very low, people are getting caught more and more often. The success rate here. That's good. Yeah. So what we're kicking done? ass. I know. Well, we're learning too. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're. I'm going to start with Albert Walters. Or I'm sorry. Why did I say Walters? Albert Weathers. He was the 46 year old local pastor in Detroit, and he was charged with murdering Kelly Stowe, who was a transgender um, woman, 36 years old. 
was doing sex work in Detroit. Okay. Okay. I did read an article. So when I first did this one, there wasn't much information on it. Um, Since then, in a new Detroit news article, her mother was quoted as saying, you know, she was loved, bullied throughout her life, but was strong. She aspired to do fashion design. She didn't judge people, treated everyone the same, and she was actually an advocate for those in the LGBT community. Oh, of course, she has to be absolutely wonderful. Like, right? You know, it's not. It's often that the, like the really good people are murdered. After, so after Albert shot her, um, he he's the one that went to work at the Great Lakes Water Authority, and about an hour later into a shift, he called police to say someone tried to rob him and that he shot them. Oh, I remember us talking about this. That, yeah, basically, he punched in first. Right. He like punched in, did some work and then called. Oh, God. The cold heartedness. Right. So he was arrested after the police did their investigation and charged him with open murder and use of a firearm during the commission of a felony. Late February 2019, he came back to court for a preliminary hearing, which this was an interesting one. I've watched preliminary hearings before, and most of the time they're pretty boring. Not yeah. this one. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, this one wasn't actually boring. So it all starts out with Albert's lawyer trying to disqualify the judge. What? Yeah, saying that he can't, you know, preside over the case, you know, without his personal views being put in it. And it has something to do with the bond hearing, something that happened during the bond hearing that judge did. And I have no idea because I couldn't. I mean, I searched and couldn't find it. Okay, but I didn't realize this, that the judge denied the motion. And said he was not biased and would hear the evidence and make no personal judgments. And then the lawyer asked to, to be seen by the head judge. Okay. So I guess there's judges and then a head judge. Yeah. And that judge, this judge that he's trying to disqualify, denies that. Okay. I thought to myself, how odd is that? That you that, can deny someone going to your boss? Right. I agree with you. Weird. I had no idea you could do that. Yeah, I didn't know either. So, you know, they proceeded. Um, they tried to get a witness blocked from testifying about past sexual encounters. Oh. And the prosecutor spoke that Albert made a claim that he did not know the area where he shot Kelly. Now, this is important because I found when listening to uh, the YouTube channel, Dawson Speaks TV. Okay. That did a whole segment on this, that the area where the pastor killed Kelly, it's known for a transgender prostitute area. 
Oh, so he knew where he was. Like, so if you lived in Detroit, you would know that this area, like everyone knows, it's not a hidden secret. I guess everyone knows that that area. This is where you go. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and they had mentioned it was speculated he killed Kelly to hide his transgressions from his wife and the church community. I mean, he's a pastor. Yeah. Yeah, I bet he did. The prosecutor also stated that he claimed he saw the woman. She was in distress and he was only pulling over to assist her. And the evidence the witness would provide would show Albert knew Kelly and knows the witness because they met during a sexual encounter. Okay. So the judge allows this person to testify. And then the medical examiner testified that Kelly was shot in the chest at close range. There was also a witness who saw two people in a car, a push, a person push her out of Kelly out of the car. And then the guy got out of the car, driver's side, walked around, took something out of her hand, got back in the car and drove off. The witness stated she wasn't fighting back. And when he called 911 about the situation, she was still moving. So she was still alive at that point. Oh, my God. He he didn't stay at the scene. And, you know, as he said, for his own safety. Yeah. The defense attorney questioned this witness and tried to prove that the witness wasn't reliable to the memory. You know, he's. Yeah. What he said, pretty much he was going back and forth about what he said in his statement wasn't uh, matching his testimony completely. Okay. And the witness said he was behind the vehicle on a certain street, but his statement made to police never stated this. Okay. So they went back and forth about that. It was the craziest hearing that I've ever watched because as the the defense attorney is asking his questions, the prosecutor's like jumping in during the defense questioning and asking the witness questions and stuff. No way. It's like, wait for your turn. But the judge right? isn't stopping them. And it's all really weird. And it gets confusing as you're watching it. Like, whose witness is this right now? No shit. And the judge so, doesn't stop it? No. No. Wow. And even the defense attorney said, points out, you know, that she'll have her chance. The prosecutor will have her chance to ask questions. So no, he didn't sure. want her to keep jumping in. It's really odd. Yeah. So they played a portion of a video without Albert's police questioning. And there was... I mean, if I pick anything out of it, just one thing to know is that he first, he claims it's self-defense, right? Self-defense, self-defense. And in the video, though, he's saying self-defense, but then he's turned and now it's an accident. Okay, okay. 
in March 2019, the judge for the preliminary hearing ruled that Albert will be tried. And in and in September 2019, the trial judge who was assigned to the case, Tracy Green, actually had to recuse herself during a motion hearing because she had actually contributed to a church fund for Albert Weather's wife and daughter, which the fundraiser was for helping the two stay in their home while Albert was in jail waiting for his trial. Oh, no shit. So trial date, have no idea. I couldn't find anything else after this trial judge recused herself, but you know, we're rolling into COVID. I'm sure he's, I, one, you like, I'm watching like random YouTube videos. One saying that this guy is like out on bond, but I couldn't find anything other than that one, you know, statement in a YouTube video that he's out. No, sir. And you and you really can't find them because nobody goes into Otis until after they're convicted of something. So you can't, you know, there's no, no jail list. Yeah, there's no. Yeah. Where you're, you've been convicted, but you're not in jail. Yeah. But there's nothing else. Right. I couldn't find anything else in that, on it. No, sir. So at some point, so I keep my eye out. All right. That'll be an interesting trial like this, dude. So far, it's been interesting. And the fact that the judge <clears throat> had to recuse herself, like, wow. At least she was right, though. So. Oh, I I don't think she did that. Like, oh, I don't know. Okay. But how I took it in the Fox News reports is that there was a motion by the prosecutor and that motion triggered her to recuse herself. I don't think she was like, oh, I'm assigned to this guy and I gave money to the fundraiser. I'm personally going to step up. It didn't sound like that. It sounded like this was a motion. Okay. So someone's like, hey, aren't you involved? And she's like, oh, maybe I better do this. Huh? I'm be sorry. That's how I took it. Now, okay. I could be wrong, but in the news article, they talked about the motion. So I assume if there's a motion, I didn't know judges made motions. They just make decisions. Yeah. So, but maybe she did. I don't know. There's a lot of news articles on it, but you know, they all repeat themselves. For real. All right. Guess what I'm doing next week? Well, I have another one. What are you doing next week? Oh, do you? Yeah, I have another one. No, I want to know. I want to know. What are you doing next? No, now I feel bad that I only did one. (laughs) No, well, my update, I'm just doing, I got to do my updates. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Ghost stories. Oh, are you? Yeah, there was actually one video that I watched that I did find disconcerting, to be honest. (laughs) I am still, I am still on these updates. Really? Yeah, I still have a whole list of them. No shit. I'm in my um, Discovery Plus phase. True crime and paranormal. <laughs> God, I watched, one of, I watched one of those ghost shows the other day yeah. where they go in with their little meters and in this box. No joke. It, there's a box out there. I'm thinking about buying it. 
it's this box and you put it in your house and it hears things and it tells you what the ghosts are saying. Oh yeah. I've I've seen those in some of these videos. What the fuck? Please. Yeah, no, I'm the, sorry. No. no, the one that scared me is involved like a kid who was sleeping, a toddler. And I was just like, oh, wait. <laughs> oh. I don't like it. I don't like that at all. <laughs> oh, but the rest of the stuff, you know, I'm like, where? Let me tell you about D'Angelo Martin before sorry. we go. Yes, I'm listening. And then. All right. So D'Angelo yeah. Martin, he's. The one in the news, in like every news platform, dubbed the Detroit serial killer. I will point out, he has not been officially um, tried for this. But everybody calls him the Detroit serial killer. Okay. And, And this is the one from in 2019, sex workers in Detroit were being found murdered in abandoned buildings. Okay, I remember that. Wasn't it? Didn't he do older women too? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah, the women were older in their 50s. They were all sex workers. They were found um, in, in abandoned buildings. Okay. Yep. That's okay. I do remember that one. And then during this period, you know, everybody's the community's claiming a serial killer's out there. Police are saying, no, you don't got a serial killer. You guys are all nuts. And then the people were boarding up, you know, Detroit build, abandoned buildings. They had people walking the streets at night because at that point, you know, there was four, this was around June of 2019. There were four known victims. And then, yeah, yeah, it was a whole, it was a whole thing. And then I, and then back then when I mentioned it, because there wasn't much on there because, you know, they said we didn't have a serial killer. um, There was nothing like even the news wasn't really, you couldn't find much on it. So, so somehow, and I can't. I think I remember this being one of those cases where it's the same information repeated over again, where like somebody wrote an article and everybody else cut and pasted it. Right. And then I could never figure out how D'Angelo became a person of interest, but he was a person of interest in the situation. They didn't have anything at the time to arrest him for the murders. But to my understanding, there was two women who had, a run-in with him. I believe they were both sexually assaulted and then, but they both got away. Okay. And so in 2019, he was arrested and arraigned for that. Those two people, two women, and he was charged with kidnapping and sexual assault. And it happened around, or he got kidnapping and sexual assault for a 51-year-old woman that happened on June 3rd. And the charges were kidnapping and sexual assault. I just repeated myself like three times. That's okay. <laughs> and, and then he was charged at the same time for stabbing and sexual assault of a 26-year-old woman that got away. He was sent to jail, no bond. And then the police continued... Oh, are you still there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I'm still there. All right.
got, he then got, okay. My phone did something funny and now I'm all discombobulated. So he went to jail, sent to jail, no bond. The police continued to investigate the four women that were murdered. Then he got okay. a little later on in, in 2019, I believe this was all hard to follow, but 2019, he was officially charged with the murder of four, the four Detroit women. He got, okay. One happened February 26, 2018. Then you have one that happened March 19, 2019. Then you had one that happened May 24th, 2019. And then one, June 5th, 2019 is what I believe. Okay. And pretty much in each charge, each of the women are a different case. Okay. So it's not like we've seen where it's like it's one case and you're just charged with like five things of first degree murder. It's not. Everything in the arraignment that I watched was each a separate case. Don't know about okay. that. Okay. So homicide he got charged with homicide first degree murder premeditated homicide felony murder he also got charged with the habitual second notice oh wow so like a habitual offender one yeah because um i I think we found out in one of our cases a long time ago that if you do something like three times you become a habitual offender and that gets its own set of charges yeah oh he was charged that four times all wow. that time. and so june 20th what was it i think i got all my dates all crazy so i think in 2019 i don't know if this is 2019 or 2020 no joke. It was hard. Okay. I have absolutely no idea. And, but I know. This is what I know. There okay. was a probable cause hearing and a preliminary hearing already. Okay. And what I know from that is that there were the prosecutor um, stated there was a pattern with the victims. And the prosecutor talked about what his signature was, which was leaving a sock on, positioning them face down with one leg up. And during what? that... A sock on yeah, what? On his... Uh, one sock on your foot. They needed one sock on their foot, facing away from him with one leg down and one leg up? Yep. So it's one sock on their foot, uh-huh. fa- laying face down. Okay. With one leg up. That was his signature. Jesus Christ. And you have to have a signature to be a serial killer, I guess. (laughs) Well, that's what the news, Detroit News article said. Is it? Okay. This is how they they marked him as a serial killer because he had a signature. Israel Keys had no signature and he was a serial killer. He said that would bury kill kits and then come back years later. Remember that guy? Yeah. Yeah. So during the preliminary hearing, Martin's former girlfriend testified at the hearing, stating he would often sexually assault her. Oof. And then in the end, the judge ordered him to stand trial. Now, when is his trial? Hell if I know. This COVID thing. Um, no, this is during COVID. 
it's got everything messed up and I can't find a damn thing on it. Really? Like anything after that preliminary. Well, that's a lie. I have one more thing to tell you that's going to blow your mind. Okay. So, but pretty much for his case, I got nothing. Okay. So I got to keep an eye on it. But this was crazy. I stumbled upon WDIV4 Detroit YouTube channel. Okay. And in 2020, they did a short newscast that's on there where they reported D'Angelo's mother spoke out on the situation. Okay. Okay. I'm wondering, curious. She did so from prison. Oh. Where they said she was in there for no joke, murder and kidnapping, serving a life sentence. Who did she, she murder and kidnap? She hasn't seen her son in many years. Okay. Dude, I don't know, but I wrote her name down. Okay. I'm like, how crazy that your mom is in prison for murder and kidnapping and now you're in jail on charges for the rest of his life kidnapping yeah oh this guy i mean they took his dna you know i'd read about that that they finally got his when they arrested him for the two yeah women that escaped they got his dna at that point which i think that's how that helped the case for them to charge the four even though no news article said that but okay you couldn't get them until you had them in, you know what I mean? Had yeah. them charge the other things. So I'm thinking that had something to do with it. Okay. But then I was just so shocked. Like, okay, how many times have we done a murderer where their parent was in prison for the same thing? Or the one you did where the young man, or that asshole shot his ex-girlfriend to death and his mom was driving the car or whatever in the car with him like what the fuck oh, yeah i gotta look that one back up <clears throat> yeah those are like what the fuck moments yeah so but yeah that was for like what the heck so i have to keep following it at some point someone will say something you would think it would be brought up you know right. but everything's so behind with oh, the yeah. situation the one I think I told you about that. One of the lawyer YouTube channels I watched, they had made a comment about how they were out years. That's like they were behind years. That's terrible because if you're found innocent, you spent all those years in jail. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was just absolutely amazing how that period of time affected that. But, yeah. you know, you can't, how do you do a trial by jury when everybody's remote? Yeah, true. True. Or the times that you have to be sequestered, you'd be stuck in a freaking hotel room all day. Right. That's what I they should have done. Put the jury up in rooms in a hotel, give them a, you know, a camera, and then they can sit there and watch the trial. Yeah. You'd have sequester everyone but yeah so i have no idea when we're going to find out anything more about those two but i thought that fact on d'angelo was interesting like holy crap i'm interested interested to see what what his mom did 
Oh, yeah. I got to look that up. The oh, yeah. That, the fact that he goes mom. after older women, too, tells me he's got a mom issue. Right. Well, he didn't have a mom. Yeah, we got to figure out when she went to prison. Who yeah, didn't who, have to murder and kidnap? Yeah, and who was the mom after she left? You know what I mean? All right. right. So I, yeah, I'm straight up doing ghost stories next time. Ghost stories in Michigan. I just searched the word Michigan in the um, Discovery Plus box. <laughs> I'll be here for it, and I'll try not to make fun of it. One is really um, not so much good for the ghost story, but uh, reminds you that shit used to go down back in the day. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, I forgot that kind of thing happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. All right. I'll, I'll be ready for it. All right. Cool. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye.